Hello, and welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Carrie Donahue, in for Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. It's Friday, August 5th, and we're the podcast that updates whenever there's news, all day, every weekday. Here's the latest. China has cut off all contact with the U.S. on crucial issues like climate and military cooperation. The reason? Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan earlier this week. China has been acting out in ways big and small since then, including sending missiles over the island and into Japanese territorial waters. But diplomats fear the end of climate cooperation could both hurt future goal agreements and kick off a new era of sour relations between the two superpowers. January 6th committee co-chair Liz Cheney tells CNN the DOJ has more than enough evidence to prosecute Donald Trump. And if it fails to do so, it will test the U.S. as a nation of laws. Cheney faces an uphill primary fight against a pro-Trump opponent, but her stance has brought in lots of -of out-of-state money and this high-profile endorsement. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz for standing up for the truth, doing what's right, honoring her oath to the Constitution when so many in our party are too scared to do so. Former Vice President Dick Cheney released an ad supporting his daughter ahead of the August 16th primary. Complete with West Wing-style music, he calls Trump the greatest threat to our country since its founding. He's a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election, and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Canada is showing once again just how different its approach to guns is from its neighbor to the south. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's government today announced a ban on importing handguns. The move is meant as a stopgap while Parliament considers a bigger freeze on handgun sales and purchases. After that measure was announced in May, handgun sales spiked, and the ban on imports is meant to keep gun sellers from restocking before the law takes effect. A bus full of migrants and asylum seekers arrived in New York City this morning. It's the first in the city sent by Texas Governor Greg Abbott. He's already bussed over 6,000 undocumented immigrants to D.C. since April. It's Abbott's way of telling the Biden administration to deal with what he sees as problems at the border. A lot of the migrants come from Venezuela and Nicaragua, many with children, and they end up relying on volunteers and aid organizations for food and shelter. Two of the four people struck by lightning in a park across from the White House have died. D.C. police confirm an elderly couple from Wisconsin had been taking cover under a tree during a massive thunderstorm when a witness told NBC News a lightning strike caused a horrific boom. The two other people remain in critical condition. Today and every day, we're updating the refresh from Insider as news happens, so check back whenever you want to know the latest. Coming up, we dive into the world of Barbie core. And if you have no idea what that is, then you really need to stick around and listen. Amazon announced today that it will be buying iRobot, the company behind the Roomba vacuum, for nearly $2 billion. The deal, which is pending approval, should help Amazon expand into the robotics market. It also means even more of your household products are now connected to the online retail giant. After the announcement, iRobot shares jumped 20%. Cue the music. What's hot, DJ Roomba? DJ Roomba, turn it up! 
Russian officials say they're ready to discuss a prisoner swap to bring home WNBA star Brittany Griner and former Marine Paul Whelan. Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, says President Putin is, quote, ready to discuss this topic through a channel he and President Biden agreed on. The Biden administration has already offered to free convicted Russian arms dealer Victor Boot. This comes a day after Griner was convicted of drug smuggling and sentenced to nine years in a Russian prison camp. You know the culture war is getting serious when it moves to breakfast foods. Cracker Barrel, the restaurant chain based in Tennessee, recently posted on Facebook that it has added a plant-based sausage to its menu. Well, cue the predictable uproar in the comments section from people protesting the supposedly woke food stuff, which was then followed by a slew of counter-arguments from people with sensible advice, like, quote, if you don't want them, don't order them. The once-hot investment app Robinhood had a bad week. The company's crypto division got slapped with a $30 million fine from New York state regulators. They allege Robinhood failed to protect consumers. And in a second round of layoffs, Robinhood let another 23% of its staff go. One person who was laid off told Insider that Robinhood has been hemorrhaging money. That's Aaron Wyman. He writes Insider's 10 Things on Wall Street newsletter. Now... Morale among the 2,600 remaining employees is grim. The company is likely to focus on more ways to cut costs, and CEO Vlad Tenev admitted that Robinhood hired too many people too soon. He also admitted that Robinhood was not well-equipped enough to deal with a market downturn. The small town of Cockington, England, has a new mayor meant to attract tourists. A pony mayor. Yes, like the horse. But according to the Washington Post, Patrick the Pony's office has been taken away, like his actual physical office, which is an outdoor pen next to a pub where his constituents can interact with him. After Patrick took office two weeks ago, a single complaint was lodged against the pen, forcing its removal. And his supporters suspect foul play, that a human may want Patrick's job. Uh, We were just shocked and horrified by this, really. The Pony's owner, Kirk Petrakis, shared a video speaking for many in Cockington. There's a new fashion trend taking over the summer, barbiecore. You know, like cottagecore or dadcore. It's a style, a vibe, dare I say, a way of life. And no, it's not just because of the upcoming Barbie movie. It actually predates the hype around the film. With Barbiecore, Gen Zs and millennials are embracing hot pink, fake lashes, big heels, and long nails. But insiders Marguerite Ward, who covers diversity and inclusion in business, says there's a lot more to it than just putting on a floofy pink dress. It's actually in part a response to quarantine and social distancing from the pandemic, kind of like a coming out of sorts, that we're here, we're ready to party. But then it goes deeper than that. It's not just cis hetero white women, you know, who look like Barbie embracing this. It's women of all shapes and sizes, colors, queer women, trans women. So it's almost a statement on feminism uh, that you can look pretty and also be smart. Yeah. So, you know, who is leading this Barbie core look? The trend really started kind of bubbling up over the past two years and really, you know, burst into the public eye with Valentino's Haute Couture Fall Winter show this past 
a few weeks ago. But what's interesting is it's also being led by Black women, uh, specifically hip-hop artists, people like Laverne Cox, um, and also queer artists like Lil Nas X. Yeah, and you're right that going back even 12 years, you know, we had Nicki Minaj declaring herself the Black Barbie. Exactly. Many attribute Barbie Corps' origin to Nicki Minaj's rise to fame in 2010 with her video for Super Bass, where she's wearing a hot pink wig, hot pink lipstick, long eyelashes. And she was kind of the first in mainstream pop culture to say, hey, I'm Barbie, I'm Black Barbie, and I'm fabulous. Since then, pop star Lizzo has embraced it. Actress Ariana DeBose has made headlines. Hip-hop artist Lakia with her song, I Look Good. What does it mean, though, to have you know, Black women and queer people challenge the whiteness and heterosexuality of Barbie. So one of my sources, Sean Grain Carter, a fashion business consultant and professor at FIT, who is also a Black woman, said that pink is a color that represents a new wave of feminism. It's a pink that is about empowerment. It's a pink that is really about confidence. Women reclaiming this color at work, in politics, in finance, in media, in representations of women in terms of the imagery. So it's sort of like any marginalized group taking a word and then owning it. So for example, the word queer used to be derogatory, but then the queer community said, you know what, we're going to own it. So, you know, as you say, this push for pink isn't exactly new. We had millennial pink, you know, which is that muted sort of relaxing color. So is this like hottest of hot pinks trend a snub somehow to this millennial pink? It is. uh, Millennial pink represents young women kind of blending in with the workplace. It's a soft feminine color. It's traditional. It's expected. This hot pink is more of like an Elle Woods from Legally Blonde or an Emily from Emily in Paris. It's young people calling for respect in all spaces. And it's no accident that the hot pink is also reminiscent of the pussy hats from the 2017 March, Women's March on Washington. And Sean Green Carter says it's also a reaction to more recent world events. We've got wars, we've got inflation, we've got the pandemic. I mean, it's depressing if you start to contextualize all of that and think, oh my gosh, what is going on with the madness in the world? So you see a fabulous dress, a jacket, a pair of pants, a pocketbook, wearing a fun color makes you emotionally feel good. Listeners can't see this, but I um, right now have long nails that are in a hot pink. And yes. uh, M- Marguerite, you say that you're no stranger to the siren call of Barbie core. So <laughs> what do you love about it? How do you feel when you're at your Barbie core best? So when I have the fake nails and the pink pumps on, I feel like a badass. I feel like I am a woman who is in charge of her look, her body, her career, and you can't stop me. Marguerite, thanks for chatting with me. Thanks so much, Rebecca. Marguerite Ward writes about business at Insider. 
Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to leave us a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. The Refresh from Insider is produced by Frank Alito, Grace Eliza Goodwin, and us, Rebecca Ibarra. And Carrie Donahue. I'm the executive producer, and Dave Smith will be back on Monday. Andy Bowers is the head of audio at Insider, and we had help this week from Alan Haberchak. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful weekend.